You're listening to episode 129 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. After you just got hit with three weeks of energy updates, I thought we'd keep it in the woo, but also bring some practicality with this week's guest. Mary Hyatt is a life and business mindset coach who specializes in helping high-achieving female entrepreneurs move from living a life of burnout to a life where they are connected to their emotions, their body, and their spirit. She helps bring her one-on-one and group coaching clients back to their enoughness, wholeness, and femininity. Mary is the host of the Living Fully Alive podcast that airs weekly where she dives deeper into mindset and helps her listeners learn to embody a life fully lived. She's also a top earner with doTERRA essential oils, helping teach women how to support their bodies and emotions holistically. As a trained hypnotherapist and yoga instructor, Mary brings a level of consciousness and soul-focused inner work to everything she does. Before we meet Mary, I just have to tell you guys about a product I am seriously obsessed with. I've mentioned it before on a Fuel Your Life Friday episode, but it's worth another mention. Crystal Bar Soap, y'all. This soap is seriously the best, in my opinion. It's vegan. It's infused with essential oils and a whole bunch of other natural ingredients. The best part is that there is a crystal within each bar. So after you've gotten to a certain point, the crystal pops out. It's amazing. My skin has been so much better since using this soap, and I've gotten all of my friends hooked too. If you want to save 20% off of your order, head over to mindbizlife.com. Click on the section called Mind Biz Life Favorites and use my unique link to save some moolah off of your order. All right, are you ready to meet Mary? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. Today's guest is Mary Hyatt. Mary is a life and business mindset coach who specializes in helping high-achieving female entrepreneurs move from living a life of burnout to a life where they are connected to their emotions, their body, and their spirit. Hi, Mary. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, Lauren. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, I can just feel it in my core that this conversation we're about to have is going to be a goodie, but you know, I have all these questions lined up and I want to explore energy and femininity and beyond. But first, I'd love to just get to learn more about you. Was being a life and business mindset coach always part of your plan? You know, it's funny because I, I am a college dropout. So I went to college because I was really interested in psychology. So I thought, okay, I'm going to be a psychologist, a therapist. I had been going to therapy since I was probably like 13 years old. I was reading like Martha Beck's work, finding your own North star. And I think probably a junior in high school, maybe I was actually just recently looking back over that book. And there's a lot of like workbook elements in it. And it was so cute. Cause I was just talking about my boyfriends and like different teachers that I had. And I was like, wow, I have really been doing the self-development work early, early on. And I never really knew that coaching was a thing. I actually think that's kind of a newer type of profession. And so it was sort of in the realm of psychology when I was younger and wanted to be a therapist, wanted to be able to help people work through all the stuff that comes with being an adult. And then life kind of took a different turn and I ended up dropping out of college and I got married really young. I got married at 20 years old. 
and it's interesting through the course of several really kind of big life events early on in my marriage and in my life, that desire to help people totally took a turn. And I ended up really living a life that I never thought that I was going to live. And that was a life that was just totally shut down. I ended up after I was married, I, um, was a caretaker of a nephew of mine who ended up passing away after caretaking him for about two years. And it was just really traumatic. And through dealing with a lot of that, just horrific grief, honestly, Mm -hmm. and being in a marriage that ended up being pretty dysfunctional, I myself became very dysfunctional. I gained about 80 pounds. I was dealing with really intense anxiety and depression. I had autoimmune disease, and for all intents and purposes, I was miserable, like just absolutely miserable. I wasn't pursuing any of my dreams. I was just surviving. I was just getting through the day, hating my body, hating my life, hating my relationship. And it took about seven or eight years of being in that almost like numbed out, paralyzed, completely checked out of life phase to where I finally had this moment where I can remember this so vividly where I was looking at myself in the mirror and it was this weird moment where I recognized my eyes, but that was it. It was like my body wasn't the same. I was totally disconnected from my emotions. And yet there was this little moment where I can remember thinking there's got to be more to life than this. Like surely this is not all there is, you know? And In that moment, I sort of made this silent agreement and commitment to myself that I was going to embark on figuring out how to come back to myself because I had lost myself. I didn't know who I was. I was living for my husband at the time. I was living for other people. And from that moment, that decision really began this whole journey of self-discovery for me where I ended up buying like 20 books on Amazon, self-help books, and sort of dove headfirst into discovering my authentic self, discovering my femininity again, discovering this relationship with my body and coming to peace with it, learning a lot about energy and alternative medicine, learning about sexuality, learning about how to build a business as a female entrepreneur. And so it kind of became this several year journey, finally sort of leading me into life coaching. Um, so it took some turns and went some different ways, but it was, you know, I think always an interest of mine and ultimately led me to where I am today, being a life coach, being a mindset coach, really helping female entrepreneurs live their, their life in a way that they're conscious for and present for, and just fully in their highest and best self. So yeah, I mean, a journey for sure. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. There's so many good points. Like I don't even know where I want to start, but we'll start with what you first said that just resonated with me. When you had mentioned the book, um, follow your own North star. That was the very first book that my mom gave me in college for personal development. Yeah. I have not heard anyone else mention that book. So like, I was like, Oh, Dang. So, I love it. Yeah. Like how so cool. cool, like around like that same like age, you know, like older yeah. teen, like just still trying to figure it out. But what a moment though, to look, 
yourself in the mirror and only recognize your eyes. Because I think so many of us have gotten to this point in life. I've been there. I know so many of our listeners have been there that you are living for other people. You put yourself on the back burner. How do you really start to put yourself first in those moments? Yeah, it's, it really is crazy. I think as women, we have so much pressure and have learned kind of historically, you know, the role of a woman was to serve and to nurture everyone before herself. And there was this kind of selfless character trait that was championed and praised. And I remember, I mean, I've seen my mother do that. My mom has five kids and all growing up, you know, she essentially lost so much of herself to take care of us, to make sure our needs were met. Everything about her life was a sacrifice. I mean, her, even to the point of her identity, you know, and it is a a blueprint that we have as women to really make sure that everybody is taken care of before we look inside and ask ourselves, what do I need? What is it that I am hungering for? What is it that I'm longing for? What is it that I feel deficient in? And these kinds of questions are sometimes really scary because they threaten the very structure that we exist within. And so I'm almost like, okay, well, I know that in order to get love, I have a whole little procedure and blueprint to be able to get that love. I've got to show up in this way. I've got to do this. And I think obviously we're moving beyond that in some ways, but I think that it's still in our psyches to, even though like we've maybe evolved and we have, um, a lot of women have careers now or juggling, you know, being parents and, um, working full time and people uh, now have a sense of integrating more of, you know, what they love to do, or at least like showing up in the workplace. But I think that there's still this pressure we have as women to make sure everybody else is okay first. And what happens is, and I'm sure Lauren, you felt this, I'm sure your listeners have felt this before. What happens is, is we end up feeling burnout. We end up feeling totally exhausted, totally depleted. And then the resentment comes in, then the anger starts coming in. And it's coming from this place of, I have to do more. I have to be more. I've got to be more perfect. I've got to be more successful. I've got to do, 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 hustle, 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 hustle. And then maybe in some way, shape or form, maybe I will have earned the right to take a vacation or earn the right to be loved or earn the right to take a break for just a second. And we have this sort of paradigm that I've got to earn it. I've got to go work. I've got to go do it. I've got to go kind of make, you know, something of myself, whether that's in the home or in the workplace in order to give myself quote unquote permission to take care of myself. So I think first in this journey of allowing ourselves permission to really come back to ourselves and take care of ourselves, we have to be aware that we're operating in a blueprint. We have to be aware that this is sort of um, the the rules, the conditions that we've set up in order to receive love and to be able to be accepted um, in our family, in our you know, with our within our friends. And that awareness, really, to me, is that first step. Like, oh my gosh, I'm operating in these conditions, and just maybe. I need to change the rules of the game. Mm, 
your own aha moments are so dang powerful once you just take a step back from yourself and just allow yourself to have them and just be like, okay, things need to change and, and change is okay. And it's okay to change and, and to shift things up when you were saying do, do, do and hustle, hustle, hustle. That is actually, I think like the mode I lived in for a solid three to four years and then surprise, surprise, burnout happened. Right. And it was like, then you start to question how the heck did I get here? And you realize it's through choice may not have been conscious choice, but it's through all kinds of different choices that you've made. And I think when someone first said to me, you know, I was like, you're living in your masculine too much. I had no idea what they were talking about. I was like, uh, what? You know, I was like, I, I identify as a woman. So like, I, you know, it was just like, I didn't realize they were speaking energy to me. Yeah. So, and this is something that's come up on the show a lot and we've only hit the surface layer. So maybe we can explore this a little bit more. So let's talk masculine and feminine energy. So first of all, what's your take on it? What is it? How do they differ? And really, how can we just start to understand it more? Yeah. I love getting into this because you're right. Like it seems like kind of a strange thing to talk about when you're like, well, you know, I identify as a woman or, you know, man could say I identify as male and yeah, we kind of, there's some differences, but when we're talking about energy, it's really fascinating to look at. And these are obviously like more generalizations because my, my opinion is, is that every single human has both masculine and feminine energy within them. So it's not that only women only have feminine energy and men only have masculine energy. Every single one of us has both. We exist within polarity. We have this sort of yin yang energy inside of ourselves, which is awesome. And both of them have strengths and both of them have what I would say maybe a shadow side or another way you could say it would be like a weakness, but something that maybe is a lower vibration. And so to me, when I think about masculine energy, masculine is going to be what we think of as sun energy. So if you think about the sun versus feminine energy would be moon energy. Okay. So if we're talking about planets here, sun and moon, the sun is really intense, right? It's like hot, it's burning. It comes in full force. If you get too close to it, it's going to burn you up. And to me, there is a natural order of masculine energy that is created to be producing, created to hustle, created to go get. And if you think about like tribally, if you go back really, really far into our ancestors, into our history, you can kind of see this play out a little bit. You know, it was like the men would, would have that warrior energy, that king like energy, that ability to, you know, speak and people would follow that ability to go out and hunt and gather food. And so the sun energy, the masculine energy is all about force. It's all about sort of, if you think about like Mars energy, the, the, the God of war, you know, that's what I think of, which is the ability to get stuff done. Like you show up on your masculine, you're going to make it happen. You're going to be kind of singular focused. You're going to have that ability to be pointed in what you say and what you think and what you do, and you just make it happen. That's force. And that to me in a nutshell, and obviously we could get way more in depth, but for the sake of this conversation, then that's going to be masculine energy in a nutshell. 
feminine energy to me is a lot different. And a lot of people would say, well, feminine energy is weaker. But what I love about when we really hone into feminine energy, it is amazing how strong feminine energy is. So when we look at the moon, and if we think about the qualities of the moon, think about its ability to move the tides of the ocean. And I just think about that, like, oh my God, like the biggest mass, you know, body of water on our planet, the moon literally can, you know, through magnetism can move that water and the moon to me, and this is kind of the parallel of the feminine energy to the masculine, um, or sorry, the feminine energy to the moon is that the same cycles exist within the moon and within our menstrual cycle. So hang with me here for a second. So the menstrual cycle is 29 days. The moon cycle is 29 days. And it's amazing to see the, the waxing and the waning of the moon and how that mirrors our own body's ovulation and menstruation. It is fascinating to see. But when you look at feminine energy, there are going to be qualities of receiving, listening, allowing, trusting, more intuitive, sensitive, knowing. And yet there's also this strength, right? This like wildness, creative, yielding, um, soulful, spiritual, connecting, wise, passionate, honest, sexual, innocent, playful, loving, beautiful, pure. Like women are incredibly complex. We are both, you know, the, if you think about the qualities of water is often related to women, all the different qualities of water, the ability to have like a monsoon, the ability to have a rain, to be able to have a hurricane. I mean, you know, as women, right. it's like, okay, yeah, I get no this. storm. Yeah. We're having blizzards over here. We're just a, a, a light flurry. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And so I think that it's amazing when we start connecting to these feminine aspects and really connect with them. There's such a strength, you know, without, within history, there's a lot of different archetypes for women. We have the queen, we have the mistress, we have the huntress, the lover, the maiden, the mother. And so we have a lot of sides to the feminine. And I think sometimes we in society only look at two of those sides, the Madonna and the whore. You know, it's sort of like you're either pure or you're impure. You're either the slut or you're the mother. And to me, that's so limiting to see feminine energy in just those two archetypes. And to begin to widen the definition of feminine energy, to widen the definition of what it means to be a woman in all of her form and all of her glory and all of her sides is really liberating and powerful. It really is. It's, it's such an empowering journey once you start getting in there, but a lot of people still fear that what kind of drives that fear? Is it because of those, those conversations that we've had that we've, we've heard that, you know, it's a weakness to kind of feel so much and to be so complex. Yeah, totally. I mean, we have been receiving messaging early on. And I think this goes back way, 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 you know, like ancient, ancient patriarchy here where 
you know, if you think about women and if, if, you know, you think about the women that, you know, that are just like absolutely fierce, you know, like Mm. a force to be reckoned with just brilliant and beautiful and strong and compassionate. Oftentimes throughout history, those women have been seen as a threat, a Mm. threat to power, a threat to society. You know, I mean, if you think about the ancient archetype of the siren, the, the ability for a woman to sway a man, there's this real shame and fear we have around a woman in her power in that she might wield that for evil. I mean, there's a whole history of women being identified as witches and being burned at the stake for being witches. And when you go back and you look at the qualities of the women that they had sort of, you know, put the scarlet letter on them as witches, they were qualities that were so feminine, you know, they were connected to the earth. They were connected to the plants. They were connected to their own sensuality. And we have vilified that. I mean, you can see this all over Disney character movies. I mean, if you look at the princess versus the evil queen, it's fascinating to look at these subconscious messages that we have received over time of anything that resembles something that is a little bit elusive or mysterious or someone who is in touch with her feelings. She's hysterical. You know, she's crazy. She's a bitch. She's, she's out of her mind. You know, she's too emotional. She's too much. And so we receive all this messaging. And so the only option is to be compliant to be agreeable, to be, um, small. And we, and when I say small, I mean, physically small, like be thin, be little. And I mean, small in the sense of not talking too loud, being, being demure, being quiet. And so this is a prescription that we have been handed by society, by the patriarch. And I mean, this is, I know that's kind of like, you know, can get a little crazy and political, but it's like, if you just look over history there's a huge threat to this, to, to us being in the power of our own femininity. And anytime that a woman stands in that, man, she's judged, you know, there's a lot of opinions about her. Um, you know, you look at somebody like Michelle Obama and all the horrific things that have been said about her, you know, her Netflix, um, movie just came out called becoming. And she talks about her journey of being criticized, for being a stronger woman. And she was called angry. She was called, um, you know, like uh, too opinionated and take the politics out of it for a second. Cause that's not really even a part of the conversation, just a woman in her power and her strength. So I think we have this messaging that says, stay small, be small. And it feels like a big risk to step into that, even though, I mean, the world, in my opinion, would be such a better, brighter, more loving place if we, if we could find the strength and bravery to do that. Mm, Absolutely. I love that you had even just brought up taking up space because like feeling, having to feel like you are physically small because I, at one point realized that I was apologizing for taking up space in so many different ways, passing, you know, like holding open a door and like your shoulder nudges someone like, Oh, I'm sorry. Let me get out of your way. Like I just found myself apologizing for being there. And it was so like, we, we don't even realize it. And also being a mom to two girls, I, I, I believe I'm a conscious parent, 
But then I would find myself saying things not in a conscious mode, like um, even in regards to their dad, like something that like may upset him, right? Like, oh, well, if you don't do that, then, and I'm like, holy shit, I am teaching my kids to be compliant. Like, right. and, it, and it was, it was not out about like in bad intention, right? So like, it wasn't like, oh, be compliant to your dad. But I realized the way that I was communicating it definitely came out that way. And I was like, I need to be more conscious, not only just for myself, but for the next generations of females that I'm, that I'm raising and, you know, how I want them to be empowered. And I think my mom did a beautiful job empowering me, but you know, we, we can, we do the best that we can with what we're given. So when we're in this mode of kind of taking back our power and we become aware of it, what are the next steps to really leaning into our feminine energy more and owning it? Yeah. Well, I think the first kind of going back to what we said earlier, the first piece of this is the awareness. It's like asking yourself, and I would encourage you guys listening to just journal this out because it's hard to change things when you don't really know what the issue is. And so a question that I would think about asking myself in a journaling prompt would be, what are the rules that I've been taught about being a woman? Like in order to be a good woman, I must dot, dot, dot and fill in the blank. So in order to be a good woman, I must dot, dot, dot. In order to be loved as a woman, I have to do, be, have dot, dot, dot. And really get clear on what are those rules? What are the conditions that we have been operating under to be a woman that is accepted in society or within our relationships or um, even inside of our family units. And that's the first piece is really understanding and becoming curious. Okay, what are the conditions I'm living under? So that to me is the first step, becoming aware. And then the second piece of this is beginning to give yourself permission to feel to feel your emotions. I think one of the the messages that we have received so, so profoundly is to control our emotions, to not feel too much, certainly to not express too much. And so to me, to be a woman, a, a feminine woman who is conscious, who is, is present to me is really to be embodied. And I teach a lot about this in my membership site that I have on my podcast, Living Fully Live podcast that I have, but this idea of embodiment, embodying being a woman. And to be embodied means you are connected to your body. You are connected to your emotions. You're able to feel, you're able to move, you're able to cry, you're able to be angry, you're able to express and emote. And to me, the most feminine thing that anybody can do is to be able to embrace their emotions. And so slowly and surely kind of recognizing where you might be having some resistance to, oh, I can't feel that, or I can't show that, or I can't um, express in this way. And as you become aware of, the, of those rules and the conditions and where you've been holding back, beginning to soften those rules, beginning to redefine how you, how you want to show up in your femininity and really begin to define it for yourself, including being able to feel, being able to move, being able to be connected to your senses and embody. So it's kind of that awareness piece first and then rewriting 
that definition so that you can become embodied in a way that is empowering for you. Mm, I love the whole embodied part because that's so powerful and it's very interconnected and just really makes you look at it from a new scope. When we think of business, we, my mind at least goes back to that hustle, right? Like, so it's right back to, to masculine. And as female entrepreneurs, you you can't just stay in that hustle. Like we've already talked about how like we are female first and we operate with the moon and and men operate on that 24 hour cycle and and we're flowing with the moon. So what is the benefit of a woman leading in business with her femininity? Yeah. You know, it was amazing is women are such an asset to business. We are able to connect and to see the subtleties that are communicated only through sense, feeling, body language, micro expressions, and men just don't pick up on that, you know, and that's obviously a gross generalization, but for the most part, women are just almost like that spidey sense, you know, we're really like tuned in, tapped in, we can sense and feel what is happening and being communicated without words. And what makes that such an asset is that when we can be in our flow, when we can step into trusting our intuition and trusting our gut and allowing ourselves to not just force things, make things happen, but to step back and pause and to ask ourselves in our own feminine wisdom, wait a second, what is being said here that's below the surface? What are we not seeing that's, that's maybe not visible to the naked eye that's really happening? The ability to get a sense for, the ability to intuit, the ability to have that um, forward kind of thinking. When we slow down and get out of that hustle and that grind and we connect and align with our highest self, with our wisdom, with our intuition, the decisions that we are able to make from that centered and grounded place is able to, in my opinion, guard us against so many mistakes. If you think about like a bulldozer coming through that masculine energy, not really assessing the situation from an energy standpoint, a lot of decisions get made in haste that are quick, that are rash. And again, gross generalizations, but a woman's ability to have that spidey sense is such a huge asset And the fact that she is by nature relational, empathetic. I mean, having a person who can connect with customers, connect with the feelings and thoughts and pain points of your audience from from a empathetic relational standpoint, I mean, makes sales better, makes connections better, allows for long-term clients, loyalty to be there in a way that um, if it's just sort of a one-stop shop, one and done, you're just trying to get people in and out that masculine way, you're, you're not going to have high retention. So to me, being able to really lean into that feminine is a, a giant asset for business. That is huge. And I, those are little things that I haven't really thought of that you know, as business owners, especially female entrepreneurs, like we're probably already doing, we just haven't really realized that that is part of our feminine nature that, that we're already adding to our business. Totally. And I think that one of the misconceptions is if you stand in your femininity and you lean in your femininity and lead from that place that you cannot be successful, like somehow there is this idea that you'll be weak 
you can't climb to the top. And to me, and what I, what I coach my clients on is that you can be successful. I, I love money. I love making money. I love the game of money. I, I just love it. It's exciting to me. I love money mindset. And so it's really fun for me to take a client that I'm working with who is operating in her masculine. And yeah, she's successful, but she's exhausted. She's burnt out. She doesn't have a life. Her relationships are in jeopardy. And to help kind of come at it from a different angle, from this this idea of flow versus force. Mm -hmm. And when you are aligned, when you are tapped into your higher power, to spirit, to your intuition, the kinds of decisions that you can make, the types of opportunities that you become open to, it's so rewarding for me to see my clients become even more successful operating in their feminine energy than where they were at when they were operating in their masculine. It's, it's really cool. I'm sure it's more like, it, and for people listening, it's like, oh, so like, well, how you don't just stop hustling. Well, no, you can still hustle, but it's, it sounds like it's more aligned action that you're taking. Right. Then. Yeah, totally. It's, it's alignment and it is, it honestly is slower. Mm-hmm. It is, it isn't a, a all out grind. It's really listening to yourself, knowing your limits, knowing when to rest. Knowing how sometimes the pause is way more effective than the doing. And it's not that you're just sitting back and meditating all day long and just, you know, not doing any of the work. Of course, of course you're in the work, but it is, it's a different kind of energy that is um, less effort and more just in that movement, in that kind of water-like flow where you're, you're operating in your strengths. You're operating from a place that allows you to have more energy and you're not going to be burning the candle at both ends. Mm, Yes. I know for me, one of the kind of rules that I thought I had to live by as a business owner was like, you have to work eight hour days, right? Like you you go from corporate, like that's just what you have to do. And then I realized I was like, no, you know, my boss is pretty cool. (laughs) She gives me the day (laughs) off whenever I want. Like there's no sick days. So it's okay that if I want to wake up at six in the morning and work for three hours, that's fine. And it's also okay that if you sit down at your computer and you go to do work and your mind is just not there, it's okay to step away because you're not doing yourself any good by just sitting there clicking around and, you know, not having inspired action at that point. So, but learning that permission piece was also so big because that permission, it comes from within. No one else can give it to you. It's not like your mom's going to be like, Yes, sweetie, you can have a break now. (laughs) Totally, totally. Here's your time out. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just fascinating how resistant we are. I think we've just learned that, you know, sort of bought into the lie that if I work more hours, I'll be more successful. You Mm. know, if I work harder, I'll be more successful. And to me, balance equals more success. When we are healthier, more rested, when we are taking care of ourselves, when we are able to connect with our own needs and find ways to nurture ourselves and to meet those needs, to have the ability to participate in life, we are so much more effective in our work. We are so much more inspired in our work. To me, I mean, I spend so much time on my self-care because it is a game changer in how I produce when I, when I sit down at my computer and I'm working from my home or from my office, vastly, vastly different. If I show up 
you know, where my adrenals are shot, my cortisol is pumping, I'm exhausted, I've got my foot all the way down on the gas pedal, and I'm living off fumes. Number one, it's just way more, you know, way, way more exhausting. It's not as enjoyable, but I make mistakes a lot more. I get angry quicker. I kind of um, feel triggered easier and my body hurts more than when I'm taking care of myself. It's like, oh yeah, I can put in three, four or five hours in a day. And man, those were like solid hours of real work that were effective and inspired. And then I can go live my life and actually enjoy it and be present for it. It's such a powerful mode to live in too. Yeah, it really is. It's so, it's liberating, honestly, to me, that's freedom. Heck yeah. I'm with you. I love it. And you know, something else that I just really adore that you're doing is that part of the modalities or tools that you're using to help women support their bodies and emotions on that holistic level are essential oils. So tell us a little bit more about how you're using these in tandem. Yeah. So essential oils are one of those tools in your toolbox that I think has become more popular over the past few years. I'm so glad for that because they are amazingly effective for mood and for the systems of the body. So they are comprised of hundreds of different compounds and our bodies, because they are made from nature, they literally come from the stem, the bark, the leaves, the roots, the grass of the earth. Our bodies, just like as we take herbs, our bodies recognize it. They know how to simulate. They know how to use up its intelligence and bring our bodies back into homeostasis, back into balance. And so when I started this journey, like I mentioned at the beginning, I was just had all this anxiety, all this depression. My hormones were super out of whack. I had autoimmune stuff going on. And so to me, part of what you know, I was doing all this mental work, all of this self-development work, but I needed something that would address the physical that like from a chemical place could change the chemistry of my brain and the systems of my body that would support me because so much of what we're dealing with is our chemical balance is our nervous system is making sure that all of our, um, cells are wiring and firing and doing everything that they need to do in order to keep us healthy mentally and physically and emotionally. And so I love essential oils to aid in that support of the body, the physical body and the emotions to help us come back into balance and make sure the chemistry is right from the inside out. Mm, I love that. Do you have a favorite oil or blend that's kind of your go-to? Oh, Decisions, decisions. I know. It's like asking, like, which is your favorite, <laughs> your favorite child? child, right? That's what, that's what my friends always say too. I'm like, oh, it's your favorite oil. <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, I would probably say that if I like, you know, was on a deserted island and had to choose one, I probably would choose frankincense. Yeah. <laughs> frankincense is highly anti-inflammatory in so much of what we deal with in our emotions and in our body and our gut has to do with inflammation. And so that helps to regulate our inflammation within our body. And it's really powerful as a mood stabilizer as well. So I would say that if I had to go with one, I'd probably pick frankincense. I love it. I love it. I actually put frankincense on my daughter. She um, fell once and I like just put it on a little cut and the next day, nothing there. Like, yeah, 
I was like, holy cannoli, you know, like oh, it makes it's you amazing. Yeah. Like you don't even want to buy anything else after like you just see even the healing properties and my youngest, um, she's only six, but she, even if she has a bug bite, the first thing she's going to is lavender. Like yep. it's what she will like run to it. She's like, I need it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but like, yeah, I love it too, that they, that it's also turning her to a holistic route versus, you know, like, hmm, what can I find to put on my body that has an ingredient list of things I can't even pronounce? Well, and if, if you really want to go like have the conversation about, um, femininity as it, as it were in ancient days, I mean, women from the beginning of time knew how to work with plants, Mm. you know, knew how to use herbs and oils and tinctures as natural medicine. It's, it's almost to me like, part of the wisdom that we have inherited from the earth is this connection with the plants and the energy of the plants. And so to me, it feels like going back to this ancient wisdom that we have lost kind of in our modern society. And you think about the people in the tribe, the, the, the medicine women, you know, and the idea of the archetype of the nurse or the medicine woman. And so it's really beautiful to me. It's a way to connect with that part of my ancestral wisdom is to work with the oils. And, you know, I really get into all the woo woo stuff as much as I get into making money and the practical side of business and right. strategy. Because <laughs> to me, it's like, it all fits perfectly together. Um, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's really cool about your daughter. I love that she's like naturally gravitating towards that. Yeah. Do you think you were like a medicine woman in your past life? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I I can already envision it. Yeah, totally. I know. I always feel like sometimes, and I've thought about this too, like, dang, like I would have been labeled a witch simply off like of my lifestyle or things that interest me from crystals that, you know, like wearing chakra bracelets, like people look at you, like you have 10 heads and you're like, Hey boo, it works for me. (laughs) Totally. Oh, I know. You just got to find your right circle and you're you're good to go. (laughs) Exactly. You can let your freak flag fly all you want. Well, Mary, I know our audience has just received so much valuable insight from you today. Where can they go to connect with you further? Yeah. So one of my favorite places to hang out is Instagram. And I do a lot of Instagram stories and that's usually where you're going to find everything else that I do. I announce my podcast. It's called the Living Fully Alive Podcast. I announce all the episodes there. So if you follow me on Instagram, that will be probably your one-stop shop to get everything that you need from me. And it's just Mary. G like Grace, Mary G Hyatt, H Y A T T. And go give me a follow. And I promise there'll be all kinds of goodies and nuggets there for you. I love it. I'll be sure to link that in the episode notes as well. Mary, you are so full of light and positive vibes. You certainly gave me the energy boost I needed today. You're doing such important work. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Lauren, so much for having me. I swear, Mary and I are soul fam. For sure. I've linked Mary's website, social channels, and podcast on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend and be sure to give the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. Don't forget to join me on Friday for a new episode of Fuel Your Life Friday. But until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.